Do you believe in dictionaries? I mean, do you believe that when they tell us a word means something, we ought to, well, take their word for it? For instance, the word process. According to Oxford, it means a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. According to Roger, now Merriam-Webster, a series of actions or operations conducing to an end. Conducing? Yes, well, the, the point is that a process is a collection of steps. Implied in both definitions is that there is a method to it all. And implied in that, the method has to have vision and purpose and bring you to an end point that should be acceptable at worst, and for the sake of this episode, pleasing at best. Which is why coach selection in minor hockey is so often bizarre. And using the word process and how it's done is sometimes overstating what really happens. I'm Richard Berkison, and you're listening to Grassroots, the Minor Hockey Show, Episode 2, The Coach Selection Process. In this episode, I discuss the topic with Greg Kennedy, who has been there and done that in both minor and junior hockey, along with administrative roles. Greg and I co-hosted Grassroots on Ottawa's TSN 1200 radio, and here, well, we pretty much reprise the types of chats we did on that show. Here we go. Enjoy. Here at Grassroots, I'm about to have a little chat with my old buddy from Ottawa that we uh, shared a microphone together at TSN 1200 for nearly five years, Greg Kennedy. And uh, Greg is a longtime AAA coach, junior coach, a uh, cup of coffee with a national program like myself. Greg, how the heck are you? I'm good. Are we going to start with host chat? <laughs> well, we have a little bit more flexibility than we, than we had <laughs> We had on TSN with, with your host chat. but I um, used to want to start with host chat. You used to say, hey, we've only got 46 minutes. We didn't have 46. We had 43. Oh, 43. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is exciting. How are you? Everything I'm good. good How are you? Yeah, I'm you're fine. Doing, I'm fine. You're doing a podcast uh, in uh, Ottawa right now with Steve Warren. Yes. Why don't you just, uh, give us a quick rundown of that? We just recorded episode two about half an hour ago. Mm-hmm. It's called the Sens Nation podcast. Yeah. And you can get it wherever you go look for podcasts. I don't know. There's there's a website, Sens Nation podcast, or it might just be Sens podcast. I should probably know all this stuff, eh? You should. Yeah. Well, just Google Sens Nation podcast, and I'm sure you'll find it. Okay. We have fun. We talk Sens hockey for well, however long we feel like talking, and mm-hmm. and and it airs. It's pretty good. We have fun. So anybody who's listening to this show who's an Ottawa Senators fan, and considering that we're in the GTA, there may not be too many. <laughs> no, you're probably right there. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of Montreal fans out here, though. Really? Oh, yeah. Lots. Jeez, I hate that. Lots. Do you know how many Hab fans it takes to change a light bulb? Uh, I don't know, but you're going to tell me. Yes. Usually just one. But then you got to have a couple of thousand stand around and wax eloquently about the history of the old one. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. We, we did that show on TSN 1200 in Ottawa for almost five years. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah. And we're, we're going to recover it here. 
uh, or some of it anyway. And, and I'd like to talk about coach selection. Okay. Uh, we are now in, uh, you know, approaching the spring. And certainly at the, at the competitive levels, the teams have pretty much picked their coaches. Yeah, like down there, you have spring tryouts, so you're, you're done coach selection, right? Well, we, we do, but you know what? With the new Hockey Canada Pathway Program in Adam, yeah. the Adam and novice coaches won't formally be picked or shouldn't formally be picked until August or September because sure. the tryouts aren't until then. Yeah. The word I'm getting is that it's going to go up to Pee Wee the following year. Yeah, the Adam one is just about to come out. Right. And the Pee Wee one, I th- they've got a working group. I think it's probably a year away, though, Berkey. Right. It's the season after this one. Yeah. Yeah. But the girls' programs pick their coaches now or, okay. or have already done it, which is – and, and uh, <laughs> we were talking before we uh, recorded that I've been doing some high-performance evaluations of, of coaches in the girls' program at the AA level. And uh, they, pick their, they pick their teams before the coaches are picked. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit strange. That's a whole other topic on a whole other show. Players, oh, it, it is. It is. What's the biggest issue, do you think, in the coach selection process? Or maybe the word process is too strong. Can I say politics? No. I, I, I really do. I really, you know, for years, I think I lived in a cocoon where I, maybe it was due to my experience or due to my place within the hockey world here that I never really dealt with it and I never believed that there was I thought all that talk about politics was was just people exaggerating or people making excuses but in the last few years I've witnessed some of it particularly when it comes to coach selection and even more so when it comes to coach treatment how's that Uh, just, you, just, you could tell the story of your adventure with one AAA organization where it was gone. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. One of provincials or sorry, didn't win a provincials won the league went to the provincials and we had been told in about November that we would not be back next year. Now here, of course, there's only four teams or Five. sorry, three teams um, at each level, or sorry, at, at each association for AAA. We don't have oh, right. minor yes, yes, yes. Anum, right? Yeah, yeah. So at that point, we still had uh, minor midget, major midget, I don't know, something. Three of the four coaches weren't coming back the next year. It had been determined because the president, who had been elected after the coaches had been selected, used to love to say, well, I didn't pick these coaches. They won't be here next year. So no matter what we did, we were screwed. I heard a comment from somebody, must have been two or three weeks ago, who wondered, uh, had been involved with a board, a minor hockey board, and had wondered why Hockey Canada has not tried to regulate how uh, organizations run, and specifically, I guess, with regards to a coach selection, a more formalized coach selection process for, let's say, house league versus competitive and what have you. Or if not Hockey Canada, is it a branch's responsibility to oversee that? Or should we just leave everybody to their own devices? Well, it's the slippery slope, right? The uh, big brother starts getting involved in one thing, then they're involved in something else and something else, and who knows where it's going to lead. But there certainly are some sort of parameters out there that people should be following 
some sort of guidelines? Is that what you're looking for? Where are those parameters? Tell me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not necessarily out there uh, consistently coming from a national or a provincial governing body that maybe should be. I, I think there's a lot of associations that would have them. You know, in our association, this is what we're looking for. This is the way we go about it. This is the process we follow. Other associations don't do that. That maybe if there was some sort of direction from a all-encompassing governing body that said this is the way you have to do things, that might help the problem. Yes. You th- do you think that there should be something like that? Yeah. Why not? Well, the, why the, not is not the answer. It's like telling <laughs> your kid. It's like your kid saying, "Why can't I do that?" And you say, "Because." Because. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it 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 needs to be there because there are too many people doing things by the seat of their pants. And it's the nature of the beast that minor hockey boards turn over every couple of years. Usually. And you've got people there who, you know, they've never been involved in coach selection. And suddenly, the, well, you know, Fred looked after that. Well, mm-hmm. Fred got voted out or Fred retired. Now I got to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it'd be nice if there was some sort of guidelines that people could follow. How many people should be on a coach selection committee? I would say three or four. Okay. There's nothing worse. I've been in these interviews where there's seven people in there. Like, really? Seriously? Three or four people. You want somebody to come in there and feel comfortable talking with you. Um, and seven people sitting there grilling the guy is just ridiculous, no? You know why they're all there? Because they want to be. i uh, got to be involved. Uh, you know, right. I don't think they trust that the three or four people who should be there We'll do it correctly because, of course, it all has to be ratified by the board in some way, shape. Yeah, I guess that's a good possibility. I'm always thinking they do it because it's the one time where they can have a say and be in on something real and concrete. And Mm -hmm. this is like real hockey decisions instead Mm of voting on how many jerseys we're going to buy. It's probably the most important decision a minor hockey organization will make. God, yes. This is the guy who represents you. Yes. Uh, across the province at tournaments and right. across the league. He's the face of your teams. Nobody knows who the president is at some, when I'm going to a tournament. Right. Nobody right. knows who the equipment manager is when I'm playing a game next weekend. It's interesting. You make that point because when I was in Ottawa in, in HEO, as you well remember, uh, I made that point to the board a number of times, how important it was to have the right people teaching the clinics because they are the face of the branch. Exactly. They they remember, they know who you are when you walk into the rink. They could care less who the vice president is or the VP of finance or the convener, but they do know who the instructors were and they do know if that guy was a jerk or not. Yeah. Like with all due respect to those people who do those jobs and do them well for the most part, you know, and, and they're important, but the face of your organization be it HEO or be it a minor hockey program, are the coaches. Right. The development people. And I, I'm i saying three or four people. You not agree with that? You want more yeah, or less? Would, your- no, I would say three or four would be, would be fine. I, I've sat on uh, committees where there were five um, here in the uh, – in one of the communities I was involved with, there were five at one point and I whittled it down to three. Um, I remember being on a, with a group in Ottawa where there were five and I thought that was a little bit overkill. Like the admin lady 
yeah. where the organization was sitting in on it to take notes. I, well, you know what, Berkey? I sat in an interview where you were on that committee, and yes, the secretary was there. Yes. Do we know who she is? Don't mention yes. the name, but does she have a kid in the NHL? No, it wasn't her. No, 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 no. Not her? Okay. No, she was the, she was the president or the vice president or whatever. No, she no, was no. I'm talking about the other lady. <laughs> no, she, the, has a, she had a son who played in the NHL, played with a couple of teams. No, the lady that sat in with that one, she was the secretary. Her son ended up being my captain. Oh, okay. And made my team. She was a widow. Mm -hmm. And she ended up marrying the coach of another team in our league. Oh, yes. Nice lady. <laughs> Very nice lady. I remember that now. Yes. Blonde. Yeah. She was a blonde. Yes. Very yes, nice yes, lady. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the, the, the point being that you were there, um, and I have been asked by and done it before with other organizations where they say, Hey, could you sit with our selection committee to be the the technical tactical guy? Mm -hmm. Right? That's an important role. And I think sometimes when people form these committees, there's nobody there to do that part of it. So let's look at a typical minor hockey organization in Ottawa. Let's say Leitrim, because you're familiar with that group as an example. How to? many, how many, what's that? <laughs> Do we have to? No, I'm just saying in terms of numbers, how many coaches does Leitrim minor hockey have? Where they go through a hiring process? No, no, no. Just how many teams, how oh, many head coaches? 20, 30? Oh, oh, 30. Yeah, at least. Okay. So let's say 30. Um, and I dealt with Oshawa minor hockey here, which had 28 teams. So you're talking about organizations of, you know, 600 kids or more. Right. What is the point of interviewing for every single position? I don't think you have to. Exactly. Why? You're not interviewing your house league coaches. Well, wait a second. Okay. All right. So let's talk about just competitive organizations. Yeah. If you're not interviewing house league coaches, you're going to almost pick whoever comes through the door sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but for the competitive level, whether it's rep B or as we call it here, a and AE. Yeah. Um, why do you need to interview for every position? You don't. Exactly. Why do people think they have to? I don't know. My here's, here's my analogy that I used this past year with an organization. I said, if I have a job at McDonald's and my one year anniversary, I'll get a review. I might get a raise, but I don't fill out an application, bring you my resume, fill out my daily plan, bring you a copy of what a shift is going to look like in mid-November. I just either stay or don't stay. I don't have to reapply for my job every year. And I think that if I'm a minor hockey coach and I've done a good job over the course of the season and you've had proper things in place to to uh, mentor me and observe me and provide me with feedback and had conversations with me, maybe a debrief interview at the end of the year. That's it. If you're happy with me, I should be returned period. And there, the extent, the, I guess the corollary to that statement, and I agree with you a hundred percent. The corollary to that is when you've got a coach in your organization who is, let's say in his first year or second year, and he's coaching Adam competitive Adam hockey. Coaches are learning the craft of coaching. Yep. It's not an automatic skill, as we well know. It, it, it would be like saying, okay, uh, Greg, we're going to throw you behind the bench as the head coach of the Ottawa Senators now. Uh, DJ Smith is going to take the year off, and we're going to name you as head coach. And you'd be under the gun. You wouldn't know where to start. I mean, you could 
teach a breakout on a board, but yeah. you, you have to, but you, you know, it's, it's all the other things that go along with coaching at that level and that age group that make it more challenging. And it would take you a couple of years, you know, you'd sign a five-year contract at $25,000 a year and um, you'd have to learn your way through the job. Right. Okay. But the five years, 25 G's a year, that's not the Senator job anymore. <laughs> it's up to 30 now. Yes. But I, I agree with you a, a base, yeah, at its base level. Yeah. You select me to coach your Adam team or your peewee team or whatever it is. I expect that you are investing in me beyond one year. Correct. Cause I'm going to invest in you with my time and my efforts and these players that I intend to be here beyond one year. It shouldn't be one year, one year, one year. It's that's ludicrous. Unless I'm an absolute idiot and I failed miserably or done something terribly wrong, something calamitous, whatever, I should be back next year. At the other end of the spectrum, though, what would you say is the maximum number of years that somebody should have with the team? With oh, oh, I wasn't talking about necessarily with the same age group. Um, like I'm saying, if I step in at minor bantam this year, triple A, and you come to me at the end of the year and you're happy with me. And I say, hey, you know, I'd like to stay at Minor Bantam or, you know, we have a conversation about what team I'm with. You're saying how many years should I stay with the same age group? With the same group of players-ish. Same, yeah. Say, I would say the maximum is three. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I don't even – like I've had teams where I've done two a lot and it's probably about 50-50 where the second year was, uh-oh, this isn't going right. Now, we've, we've both had – stints in junior and junior it's quite a bit different you'll take a 16 year old in junior and he'll stay there for four years maybe five years you'll have the team for a number of years that's the plan (laughs) generally generally yeah that's the idea how come it doesn't uh fade in junior with the good coaches well that's the first point he's a good coach right um the turnover and personnel helps Mm mm-hmm um, you're not dealing with as many scrutineers. How's that? The, the parental involvement, right, the right. minor hockey board involvement right. is not right. there. That's a, that's a whole other world. Yeah. Somebody sent me a list of, um, well, somebody you and I both know in HEO who's involved yes. with an organization sent me a list of questions to pose to coaches in the interviews. What yes. would be the two? I mean, how long should an interview be? In half an hour, 45 minutes ish? Yeah, that's about it. Okay. And what much, would be two- more, much more conversational. I prefer anytime I've been on one of these committees, it, they, people show up, you know, the, the, the neophyte board member who's now on the coach selection committee shows up with a sheet of paper like you're talking about and just goes question one, question two, question three. No, no. I'm going to ask a question. We're going to start a conversation. My second, third, and fourth questions are going to come from his answers to questions one, two, and three, right? Yeah. What, what do you think about um, quote-unquote auditions? In other words, you've got Coach Bill coming in. And you don't really know Coach Bill because he's been an assistant at a level you're not familiar with in the organization, or he's new to the organization. Do you believe that somebody from the board should go out and watch Coach Bill run a practice or two, unbeknownst to Coach Bill, as sort of an audition for the role? You know what? I've never, in all my years, never thought of that. I've often said that organizations aren't proactive enough. They don't go out and recruit 
coaches as far or not even coaches. They don't go out and recruit candidates. Mm-hmm. You know, they just post something on a website and leave it at that. You're right. I think, I think you need to be out there and go to the feeder teams, go to the feeder systems, go to neighboring associations and, and check out who's out there and encourage people to apply. But the idea of going out and actually scouting quote unquote coaches, why not? It's funny, you know, that coaches are um, pretty hot on the trail of watching players from other teams, uh, scouting kids, watching them even in the summertime in some cases to see what kind of tools they will bring to the tryout in August, uh, you know, if you have spring tri- uh, fall tryouts. Yeah. But organizations don't, don't do their homework on the coaches. You are right. You are correct. Uh, that, I mean, maybe there are some out there. But no, I've never heard of that. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah, that's not well, a bad idea because I well, and like I said, I've never even thought of that. I've off. I've said you got to go out and find people to apply and and actively recruit applicants, but actually going out and watching them work too. That's that's hey, that's not a bad idea. You know, at the at the very outset, you you mentioned something about politics, <laughs> and. Um, it's inescapable in minor sports. It's certainly inescapable in minor hockey. Yeah. Like somebody applies for a team and we've all heard the stories and we've experienced it ourselves to some extent as well. Uh, what do you do about it? Or do you just accept it and move on? What do you mean? What, what do I do about what? About the politics and coach oh, selection. God. Well, uh, first of all, a lot of it can be avoided right from the get go. Like who's making up your selection committee? Right. If every single one of the members of your board has a kid playing in the association, then you need to find a completely different group of people to be your board. Your selection. Sorry. Right. Like you can't have people with children involved in the interview selecting the coaches. No matter how objective they will swear up and down that they can be. It doesn't matter. No, No. it doesn't matter. No. In the same way, put here's the question to put to them. Right. Okay, instead of you, let's get uh, the dad of number 12 from the Major Adams. Let's put him on the selection committee. And they'd say, well, God, no, we can't have a parent in there. But you're a parent. Just because you ran for a position or were probably acclaimed Mm -hmm. onto the board, Mm -hmm. you get to go on this committee? Mm -hmm. That's just wrong. And this idea of, well, you know, we're, we're hiring 10 coaches and I'll just leave the room when somebody comes into a to be interviewed for the team where my son's going to be. No. Like we all know people are going to ask you for your opinion on last year's coach and on this guy anyway, but you shouldn't be in the room. It's just wrong. Is that ever going to change without it being mandated by someone? No, it will never change because there are, let's face it. There are people who get on boards strictly because they want to make a change in something. Right. Right. It may be as simple as I don't like the color of our uniforms. I want to change them. Or it may be, or it may be as extreme as I want to get on the board because I want to have a say in who's coaching my kid. Mm-hmm. There's, there's people like that out there. And then, and then you show up and, and people have no idea what to ask you and talk to you about. I've been to some interviews where it's just like, like, like really you people are making these decisions. What would be the question? The key question you would ask number one, uh, Number one question, I want to know if the person is aware of anything about the age group he's coaching. What do you know about, and not necessarily even hockey, you're here to apply for my U14 team. What do you know about a 13-year-old? 
Right. Mentally, physically, emotionally, physiologically. What do you know about them? Psychologically, you know, maturity level. What do you know about this age group? And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we both, we both teach the national coaching program and have for years. And I remember the, uh, the module that used to be there on growth and development, which yes. now at the coach one and coach two is embedded in the, uh, the online component. I always consider that a pretty important module. And uh, when I've taught coaching clinics, I don't know if you've done this, but I've posed that question. And I've used the example of, okay, you've, you, you've got your nine-year-old, boy or girl, it doesn't matter what, whether it's boys hockey or girls hockey. Um, you know your nine-year-old inside out. You know your nine-year-old's friends inside out. And they have a sleepover. They have a pool party. You, you know what goes on. But to deal with 17 of them yeah. in a hockey environment, which is hardly a friendly environment at the best of times, uh, is an entirely different beast. Yes. And I, I, I use the expression dad coach. Now, of course, up here in Ottawa, we're different from you guys that we don't have AAA until Major Peewee. So, and I, and I coached Major Peewee the last two seasons. Every single one of my players has only ever had a coaching staff of dad coaches. Yeah. I'm a completely different animal. Right, right, true. Like, I'm not softening up certain things. I'm not saying things in a certain way. Right. I'm not treating you differently because you're, you're going to be sleeping over my house. You right. know, I'm not treating you differently because my wife and I socialize with your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a totally different animal, a totally different world for these kids. And I can say that as a coach, um, I coached for years and years and years and years before I ever coached my own kids. Yes. And even then, before I coached my own kids, I finally got to a stage where I was coaching players who were the same age as a kid I had in my home. And it was a whole new world for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh my God, how could I have been so, you know, I don't want to say stupid, but maybe it is. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't realize this. Why didn't I think about that before? Well, naive, I, I think, ex- would be, uh, naive and ignorant would be the, the words yeah. that I would think of, yes. Like, like my, my expectation level completely changed you know you got a kid at home and you've got to tell him eight times to take the garbage out and yet you're coaching and if he can't make that first pass tape to tape leaving the zone you expect him to do it the first time or you're right down his throat i'm not mm-hmm. saying i was but some people would be like that right. it's like hey buddy take a step back you know think about this for a minute you can't expect perfection from execution on the ice by your players when you know what it's like dealing with one at home but, but that's such as the nature of minor sports anywhere. You know, it's, it's volunteer True. driven. Um, and you're, you're going to get a percentage of coaches who are only coaching their own kids. And even at AAA, I see it a lot out here where you have a lot of AAA coaches who are only going to coach their own kids. Right. They just, they're just not interested in coaching other people's kids. You and I and people we know have spent almost a lifetime coaching other people's kids and only a very few years coaching our own. Right. My kids were all career house leaguers. Right. Now I coached them, but at the same time I was coaching, you know, a triple A team or I was at Carlton or coaching junior or whatever. Yeah. I, there was always my team. And yes. then I coached this kid and I, I coached three teams most years, two of them being house leaguers. Um, but it's different here. Again, there's not like dad coaches frowned upon. There aren't any head coaches at tier one hockey in hockey, Eastern Ontario that are dads. 
I know of a couple out here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just mentioned that. Mm -hmm. It just, it just doesn't happen here to mm -hmm. the point that, to the point that there are some pretty darn good ones mm -hmm. who are rejected by the association solely because they're a parent. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I remember being confronted by a fellow you and I both know who's a CBC broadcaster, a, um, Hockey Night in Canada broadcaster. And he, yes. uh, he uh, confronted me once at, uh, Sco it was called Scotiabank back then as Canadian Fire Center now, but yeah, I was there for that, uh, you know, that coaching clinic we did with the Sens. Yep. yep. And I uh, bumped into him in the hallway and he came up to me because it was in October or November. And he said, why, why isn't such and such an organization allowing parent coaches at the AAA level when you've got two pretty, you know, he, people he knew who were two pretty good coaches and, you know, a, a, a competent, um, yeah. well-meaning and because they had a, a policy of not, allowing uh parent coaches at the triple a level so i said well uh is that a rhetorical question because i can't yeah. I, I can't answer it yeah. uh i don't agree with it well it, it happens here with former senators all yeah. the time yeah oh yeah like there's been four or five in the last few years one of them uh, radic bonk is an assistant coach now and has been for three years with his son's triple a team isn't Alfie a head coach now in Bantam? Uh, double A. A double A, okay. But uh, Bonky had his kid as an assistant coach, major Wee, minor Bantam, and this year major Bantam. Mm -hmm. But you had uh, Sean Donovan was rejected. Oh, Jason yeah. Bork was yeah. rejected. Todd White was rejected. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest one here was Rick Bonus. When Rick Bonus was here coaching the NHL Senators, wanted to help out with his kid's team, and um, what was it? It wasn't so, yeah, they, they didn't want him, but they also wanted him to go take a clinic. That ticked him off, the clinic part. The fact that he had to go get certified ticked him off. I don't I remember don't, that. I don't oh, remember yeah. that at all. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him being expected to take a clinic because it's, it's a whole different world and all sorts of things are taught in the clinic that aren't about X's and O's. But, but they weren't going to let him coach. Mm -hmm. That's a little, uh, you know, like, come on. A little common sense has to come into it at some point. Exactly. Exactly. You know, in the case of Todd White, he's, he coached his kids' team in Canada here since novice. Mm -hmm. And now they're at Major Peewee, and no, nope, you can't coach. Well, you'd had them for, what, five years? That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. That, that, now, half of those kids make up the AAA team because that, that's the Myers Association, which merges with Nepean. Right. So he had coached the Canada kids. That team is about half and half Canada Nepean kids at AAA this year, first year AAA, and he doesn't even get an interview. So Whitey's up in the stands now chewing on his nails? Yeah, well, uh, about halfway through the year, they let him down as, uh, to help out of practice. Well, maybe face-offs or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you think he could help in some way, shape? Yeah, way. yeah, something, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know, and here's a guy who, who was coached, who certified, took his HP1, did a great job on his HP one. Oh, he took the HP, was, did he? Oh yeah, and his field eval was phenomenal. Like he's a good coach. Mm -hmm. And no, you're not getting a team because mm. you know we don't we don't take dads. Mm. Yeah, like, that's exceptions could be made here and there. Well, it's I, not that just exceptions could be made. I think you've got to look at the personalities involved in the qualifications. And uh, like I said, if you, if you're going to have an audition type of environment, yeah, how? Um, Let's go out and watch his practice. Let's go out and watch his bench management. Is he playing his best six forwards and his best 3D? 
I mean, I've seen guys out here coaching at the tier three, tier four level, like <laughs> A and AE, who are playing their best seven or eight players. Yeah. You know, it's, why is he you being asked back? Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you don't want that guy in a development setting. He obviously doesn't understand what development is. No. Or he's only, or he's only developing these guys, not those guys. Right. And that doesn't come out in an interview, by the way. Because oh God, no, no, I no, can no. You know that, that comes I, out. Yeah, yeah. That comes out of your due diligence. Right. You need to contact the association he's coming from and ask yeah. them and talk to them. Yeah. Like I, I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I've coached in all five AAA organizations in HEO. We can have and a not, whole show just about that. I have the complete jacket collection. Yes. <laughs> and not once has any of them called the other one to ask about me. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, it, it's been 12 or 13 years, so it's not that bad. I don't want your listeners thinking, my God, he's a suitcase. But Well, if not a suitcase, then certainly try a carry-on. <laughs> okay. But I just think that I know that these people have not bothered to check with the last organization because through the course of the year, you have conversations and you talk about things that happened last year and you get things like, oh, you were there last year? Right. Like, how did you not know that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, coach selection. I think the other big thing here is, and I don't know what it's like down there, but up here, the communication is atrocious. Well, what do you mean? <coughs> Excuse me. These people think that it's like, uh, I don't know, like they're, uh, name a big company. There's some sort of Fortune 500 company, mm-hmm. and they put a line in their on their website that says, uh, uh, only those applicants uh, getting an interview will be contacted. Right. Like, is it really that big a deal? You might get 10 applicants. Mm-hmm. I know of an association here that had six applicants and they for three positions, mm-hmm. and they couldn't be bothered with sending a simple email saying, hey, we appreciate you submitting your application. We have you know, whittled it down to four gentlemen we're going to interview. Uh, we thank you for your time and good luck. Instead. Well, that would be that, but that, Greg, that would be one of the things that, um, yeah. uh, you know, if we were putting together a document yes, or an exactly. association for the branch on how to communicate with people who, who are applying for a position, um, that everybody deserves some kind of communication, you know? Yeah. Instead, you're left wondering, you've applied to maybe two other organizations, you know, and you're waiting for somebody to say something and then you, you kind of hear through the grapevine that they're doing interviews right now, but right. you didn't get contacted. So then you're reaching out to your network. Uh, you know, hey, did you get an interview? Did you get an interview? Have you heard anything? It's just, it's silly and it's totally unnecessary. Here's, another, okay, here's another good one. And I guess we're talking again about competitive hockey because host league is a different beast. Yeah. But uh, they, uh, let's say an organization has, well, three, four teams. Let's just say four teams. Um, two Bantam and two Midget. Well, two, you know, U13, U14, whatever it is, four teams. Um, And they put out applications, an application form asking for people to uh, apply for one of these teams or for any one of those teams, I guess, or all, whatever you want to do. And then they invite back all the coaches they had before. Okay. What exactly was the point of holding the interviews? As one person on a board once told me, well, let's just throw it out there and see who's out there. 
Yeah, and well, if somebody comes along, we really, really like them, we'll replace Fred. Yeah. No, and you really liked him because you had a 45-minute interview with him. And what kind of baggage does that person have? I remember somebody applying to the organization I was with out here. And he was in a neighboring organization with his kid was playing AAA. So it was pretty obvious he wanted the team in the other organization because if he had the team, his kid could play AAA there. Yeah. No, his kid was playing AA. This was a chance okay. for him to play AAA. No. No, but that goes back to what I said at the beginning. At the end of the season, you sit down with each of your coaches. You do a debrief. You provide feedback from parent surveys or player player surveys or from the mentor, from whoever. Yeah, speak up, man. Your voice is fading on me here. Sorry. You discuss the season with them in a debrief, and then you make a decision. We like this guy. He's going to stay. What team would you like? Then you assign him a team, and then after that, you decide, okay, we're taking back these three. That means right. we only need two new ones. Yep. Like this idea of, of letting, making some guy wave in the wind and wait and hope that he might be back next year, that's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Not to mention unprofessional and discourteous and rude. So basically what we're saying then is you and I are going to sit down and put together a document. We'll send it to Hockey Canada and all the branches across country. Okay. <laughs> and, and see where that goes. Yeah, but I think that's that's point number one. If we like the guys, they're coming back. Yep. We don't yep. start interviews until after we make a determination regarding our current existing coaches, our incumbents. Right. I like the incumbents. We're either going to move them up with this group, or we're going to leave them at that age group because that's where he really belongs at that age. Either way, or we say no. Look, sorry, we appreciate your time and effort this year but we're moving in a different direction. Right. Then I love that. Way. I love that. Moving in a different direction. Yes. That's a beauty. That's a, what, what do you call that? That's a, uh, uh, I can't come up with the word. I can never come up with the word. It's a euphemism. Yes. Yeah, it's a euphemism. Yeah. So as I, as I said, the guy said to me, one of the parents said to me uh, this year, it's not, it's not that you've been fired. You haven't been renewed. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So that's that, that clarifies things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not going to fire that guy. You're just not going to renew him. Oh, there you are. What? Well, what'd you do? Your voice suddenly <laughs> became clear again. I don't, well, maybe it's my phone or your phone or the no, lines. I'm, I'm not on my phone. I'm on the computer. This is very oh. high tech. This is a very high tech podcast. Oh. Are you going to edit this part out with you whining at me or are you leaving it in? No, no, I'm leaving it in because it's very entertaining. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. We should call yeah. it a night, Mr. Kennedy. Okay. Yeah, this has been fun. We should do it again. We will do it again. I'll have you back on and come up with some topics. I know where there's only a list of about 40 or 50 that you'd like to, to throw around. <laughs> okay. Um, who, should we, who should we cut up next? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, you should have caught me last week when I was a little more bitter about some things. I would have had some different things. <laughs> yeah, great. That's what we needed, some bitterness on the podcast. <laughs> Why not? Okay, sir. All right. All right. Are we done? We are done, and I will I will do the outro as well. I did the intro because it's my show okay. now. So yeah, that's fine. Do whatever right. you like. So you've been listening to Grassroots, the Minor Hockey Show. Yeah, I'm yeah. Richard Berkison, and you got Greg Kennedy, my old buddy from Ottawa. We've been talking about coach selection, and we will be back on for another show another time with Greg. In the meantime, Greg, thanks very much for coming on. You're very welcome. It was fun. We'll be in touch. Yes. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. So there you get an idea of what conversations between Greg Kennedy and I are like.
we can go on and on, and it wouldn't be so much of a podcast as more of an audio book. In our next podcast on Grassroots the Minor Hockey Show, we look at hockey schools. Do they work? And absolutely, there should be a noticeable difference at sure. at the end of the day. And I can I can relate to one little boy, and I never forgot it. It was uh, it was when I was doing my power skating school in Cornwall, and and I was walking out the door, and the little boy says, "Mom, mom, mom, I can stop now." And you know, I still get chills thinking about it because I thought. That's what I'm doing this for, right? You know, so you're absolutely right. There should they should be better, maybe not perfect, but better. That voice you just heard was Rick Ledoux-Sir, a fellow I've known for many, many years. We've run hockey schools together. He's coached AAA. He's coached Junior A. Was technical director of Hockey Eastern Ontario, and he's my next guest talking about do hockey schools work. In the meantime, thanks for listening to episode number two on the coach selection process with Greg Kennedy and myself. If you have any comments you'd like to make about the show or future shows, email me. The address is richard at grassrootsminorhockey.com. Until next time.